and welcome to 7th Level Wildcast. My name's Jason, and I'm here with my co-host, Michael. And our guests, Isabeth and Josh. We're here to talk about gaming mediums. Let's get into it. All right. Hello, everyone. So, special episode tonight. We got two collaborations. Uh, super excited about that. It's our first. And then we're going to talk about gaming mediums. So, Josh from Latent Legends... Uh, sent me a message about this topic, and I thought, man, that is a great idea. Let's do it. And um, he said, hey, we need someone to cover some of the Twitch stuff. And I said, I know exactly who should cover the Twitch stuff. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves. So let's uh, let's start with Josh and go ahead and introduce yourself and where you're from, and then we'll jump over to Izzy after that. Thanks, Jason. Um, hi, my name is Josh Hatherley, and I am the producer and game master for a podcast called Layton Legends, which I pe- play with three of my friends, uh, Ben Garside, John Tibbery, and Brendan Christie. And we've been running for almost a year now, and we have almost 40 episodes. But all of our episodes mostly come out in podcast formats. So I thought it would be really nice to kind of come on to the show and talk about like different mediums for storytelling and gameplay. Hi, everybody. I am Izzy, uh, the DM and creative director of the Nat 30s. Um, we are a live play D&D and other now TTRPG Twitch stream. Actually came about kind of by accident during the pandemic, and I have had to teach myself everything about Twitch. So that's been been my job during this time. Wow. Just Just a first note. She has a title. I want to have a title. She's a creative director. Yeah, yeah, but still, it's a title. I, I think I'm going to have to give myself a title now. By the uh, end of this I, I'll give you one. Old editor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait. You're not even going to be doing that anymore. Oh, no. oh zing. Ouch. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to pay for that later. You um, will. You will. <laughs> I just want to get like sort of everyone's opinion on um i shouldn't say opinion uh i guess really what i want to start with is what like drew you towards the medium that you started with um and michael why don't you talk about ours in in this form too um because you know you can talk about why we were drawn to podcasts but anyway um so let's start with josh again and just uh go ahead sure i'd be happy to um, so for a few years now, I've really kind of been on an audiobook and podcast kind of hit. I love being able to learn more about stories and be able to kind of follow plot lines and having, I, I don't always have the time to like sit down and read a book. So that's why I kind of trended towards that, that medium, that style of listening to stories, because it was uh, accessible to me, first of all, and I could do it just about anywhere. So that was something that really kind of pulled me to it, towards it as an audience member because I could access it anywhere. And I also got access to other things. So when you're reading a book, you don't always hear the voices in the way that they could convey information about themselves. That You don't always get the behavior or the intention behind just the script as you're reading it. But if you have a narrator that's kind of going through it, you get access to that. And that's really kind of awesome. So when I started writing my own D&D campaign, my own storyline, it was a a medium that really kind of appealed to me because of one, it, I thought it was a great way of telling stories. 
And two, as somebody who has a background in music and a little bit in producing and editing, it was something that I feel like I could accomplish with reasonable amount of effort. So that was kind of the route that I went. There were a number of podcasts and other stories that kind of led me to that. For example, like the Adventure Zone was a huge one, and I'm sure that a lot of people can kind of identify with that because they were kind of at the forefront of putting D&D into the podcasting world. And I tried to, when I was first getting into this, base a lot of my ideas on how I was putting things together off of the dynamics that they shared in their podcast. And so that was kind of some inspiration for why I ended up going the route that I did. Nice. Uh, Izzy? Uh, well, so we actually kind of uh, started a little bit by accident. Essentially, you know, we were playing in my living room. We were playing Tyranny of Dragons, uh, D&D. And it was me as a new DM. I've been playing TTRPGs for 28 years or so, but uh, I'd never DM'd or GM'd or anything. So um, we were gathering a new group of, of people. Everybody was brand new to TTRPGs. It's been great because they don't know anything about anything. They don't even know that like trolls have to be set on fire, you know, just in a general sense. Nothing about dragons, all of that. So we were playing in my living room. Uh, we got like a good seven or eight sessions in. And then the pandemic hit. We started having to play virtually because everybody was really still interested in that. But things had to shift um, because we were playing during the day. And we all have small children or many of us have small children had to shift over to playing at night. Um, and I, like many others, had been listening to and watching critical role for a little while. And then I, I jumped onto Twitch to watch them one time. And then I saw that there were a bunch of other people streaming D&D on Twitch. And so I thought, we can maybe do that too. We're already virtually playing. So we'll just throw it up on Twitch and see what happens. We'll join this group of, of people out there playing D&D. And um, I'm not going to say it exploded by any means, but it definitely, from our perspective, exploded. <laughs> um, and yeah, we just kind of took it from there. And it comes with its, with its own challenges, pros and cons. But essentially, I taught myself how to do all the things and just ask my players to keep showing up. And that's kind of what has happened. That's... Uh... That makes me laugh. I heard this. Um, it's, um, you know, like TikTok uses all the, like the, uh, what do you call it? The audios, like the audio clips. And one of them was like, you know, it may not seem like a big deal to get 30 people who view something of yours. But if 30 people showed up to your house to watch you play D&D, you'd be pretty amazed by that. And so I I think, yeah, that may, that to me is like, yeah, you're still reaching an audience. And it's still amazing to have all those people interested in what you're doing. That's a really good yeah, perspective, Jason. I've never really thought of it in those terms before. Yeah. yeah. The yeah, commute alone. Like... <laughs> no, right? <laughs> I'm in Canada. Um... Like, who are these people who are coming to visit me? <laughs> I would be um... amazed that I know 30 people. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's the scary well, part. 30 don't. strangers. These yeah, are strangers. Yeah, right? strangers. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, I don't like that idea. If one stranger showed up to Michael's house, he would... He would, I don't know what he would do. He'd freak out, but I feel like um, if one of us showed up at Michael's house, he would freak out. Like, how did you get my number? Well, if Jason shows up to my house, I feel that way. Yeah, it, we literally live four streets away from each other. So 
Yeah, if I show up at your house, it's a, a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I have to put pants on. Yes, exactly. Um, <clears throat> so for seventh level Bardcasts, I think what got us going is that we were having these long conversations about games and how we wanted to share our experience with as many people as possible. Uh, we'd had a, a really good run with our local group and gathered, you know, up to 12 players at, at one time and felt really confident about sharing what we knew about games and how to give advice to people. And podcasting seemed like the, the first step, uh, the logical step so that we could, you know, learn how to do the simple stuff of just straight audio. A couple times we've even thought about expanding it beyond that, but, uh, you know, I don't really like being on camera because, you know, Jason makes fun of how how bald I am or old. But I've never mentioned in, how bald you were. In the <laughs> long run, I feel like this is the perfect medium for the three hosts and how we can really kind of connect on a hobby that really... I've been at a very long time, but never been able to share with a lot of people. And I think this was like the perfect way. And, and to bring Jared into it, who's, you know, he's our youngster and he's starting to learn and, and, and kind of take some of the techniques that we have and use them in his own game. And not only that, but Jared's autistic. So he gets, he has a perspective that is outside of any of ours. So we get to like, see it through his eyes and we get some amazing stuff that we learn just by listening to his perspective i mean i've learned a lot about my own perspective just listening to him talk about his so yeah uh we have uh 20 30 and 40s so we represent quite a large gap of um generations so um but yeah like i was just he was laughing because he was talking about like we used to like talk after the game so we'd have like our session and sometimes we when we really first started we were going and we would play two games back to back so we'd have an eight hour session of games and then after it was over we'd be there like another hour or two hours just talking about the experience of the gaming and we're, and then you know then it got you know to the problem where uh, our wives are wondering where we were at. And, <laughs> <laughs> so, and then we found um, we just lived together at a certain point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Different taxes. No, I mean, and... at one point we were playing on Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays, two games wow. on Saturday, Sundays, two games on sun Saturdays sometimes. Yeah, we were really going at it, and then we're like, all right, we have to slow down. So right now we just have one Sunday game. <laughs> no, two, one every other, or one Sunday. Yeah, anyway. Uh, a, a significant decrease in the amount of gaming yeah. consumption. Decrease. Yes, correct. Yeah. It sounds that way. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but we have a great group. So, And I, it sounds like you guys have a great group, too. Uh, I, uh, Izzy, that sounds amazing that you have people who can't really metagame. That sounds fun. Oh, yeah. Because oh, we, it's like, <laughs> our group is the complete opposite of that. We have super meta gamers that are like uh i believe the hit points of that should have been gone already and like eh, all right i'm just gonna start changing all the things in the monster man yeah it's really <laughs> oh, easy yeah. jason if you just lie i find that mm -hmm. lying does wonders <laughs> for my gameplay <laughs> it's true it's true 
uh, I really want to jump into um, sort of the pros and cons that uh, you, each each of you, and uh, we'll jump over to Michael as well, just kind of give his point of view. But any of the pros and cons that you've had on the medium that you use, um, and to just uh, feel free to talk about either one that you use. Um, actually, can we, uh, we'll start with Izzy this time. All right. Yeah. So uh, I'll start with the pros. Um, the The engagement is really great on Twitch. Um, it allows you to be really creative in terms of engaging the audience, like actively engaging people. You can try things out, drop things if you don't really like that. And And what I mean by that is they have channel points that reward people for watching your channel. Um, if you want to, you can create ways that they can impact your game, which is something that we have done. Um, not anything crazy. Like if you, you know, if you watch for a decent amount of time, you can make me roll on the 10,000 option wild magic table that I have and whatever it is, is what occurs. Um, and there are ways also for you to encourage people to donate either to a cause or to you personally so that you can help to make your content better. Um, and then they can get things in return. Um, and then it's like very uh, like instant gratification kind of thing. The, everyone's there. They're watching you in real time. Those that show up every, every session, can you get to know them. Um, we've made some really great friends that are across the country at this point, creators or just people who enjoy watching us play and, um, just hang out. And that's been a lot of fun. Um, the cons are that it's live, <laughs> it's live. And when technical difficulties happen, that's what's happening in that moment. And, um, it was a big learning curve for me, uh, I didn't know anything about audio, video, streaming, none of that. It was just like, I'm going to try this one day and we'll see how it goes. And if you go back to some of our super early sessions um, and watch the difference from session 20 something to now we're at session 108, keeping in mind that a lot of our sessions were very, very short when we were playing at nine o'clock at night because everybody was mentally dead by, you know, 11 o'clock after a full day and children and all that. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's live. Audio is so horrible. It is always a problem with audio. I don't know why, but there is. And, and then if your stream goes down or if the quality suddenly dips or anything like that, it's like, you can lose people. And if you're trying to have people watch, then that can be a little disheartening. And if you're paying attention, it can kind of like ruin your mood a little bit. And and we've had that happen. So that's the con is that you can get a little bit too attached to like how many people are watching and are we being entertaining enough? And and you have to change how you play your game. You can edit it afterwards, which is what I also had to teach myself how to do. With YouTube World, it's, I keep it very simple and I only cut out you know, the extra stuff that's egregious, but, um, you have to do that after. And so it's a little bit of a learning curve to become like more entertaining and realize that you're putting a show on as opposed to just kind of playing the game and then getting to condense the parts that maybe people don't need to hear. Wow. Yeah. 
That sounds uh, like a lot of fun. I mean, <laughs> it, it, I'm sure it's a lot of fun, but I, I know what the backside looks like. And Yes. Yeah, sometimes it is grueling. Yeah, looking behind yeah. the Iron Curtain and seeing, you know, all the stuff, that <laughs> the, the technical difficulties, which is I had to take notes like, oh, yeah, we have a lot of technical difficulty. Yep. All right. Going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, why don't you jump into it, uh, Josh? Sure, of course. Um, so, I'll, uh, uh, like Izzy, I'll talk about the pros first. Um, first and foremost, you have a lot of time. So if you are recording with people and like they're all over the country, of course, so that's great if you can record online and do that well, uh, you can just let things happen. It doesn't matter because we don't have to worry about any kind of crunch time with doing anything live. And we don't have to really worry about being like incredibly entertaining on the spot in order to keep people with us because we have time, a lot of time afterwards, usually a week or sometimes more in order to edit these audio clips down. And so that's really great. Um, additionally, I feel like because you have greater control over the audio and what you do to it, you can be very specific in like the things you want to focus on in your storytelling. So if we have like a 30 minute segment where the guys are making a bunch of uh, James Bond references that have no impact on the narrative, then I can just cut that out, maybe throw that into an edit folder for later so that people can laugh at all of their James Bond jokes later. Um, But I can stick to the story. So I think that podcasting is great because I can really focus on being able to tell hopefully a compelling story, do a good job at that. And being able to focus on the various narratives that surround each of the characters and the NPCs. So that's really great. The cons. And there are a few cons. Uh, One is that you have a lot more time. But more time is being used to edit. And I might spend 8 to 16 hours working on a single episode. Doing all the pre and post processing. And cutting everything down into making those sections. So I might end up with you know, an hour and a half episode, maybe even a 45 minute long episode, but that might come from four hours of, of content. And that is, uh, there's a lot of work to go through a lot of fine points of editing that. And I'm not even that good at it, which might be why I'm spending so much time on it, but it, it takes up a great deal of my time and that can be incredibly stressful when trying to produce something. And that can affect your ability to actually do a good job when you're trying to record things the next week because you've just spent the the past week like crunching trying to get this episode done in time and then the next week you're so tired you haven't prepared the session and you're just scrambling to get that done and so it's kind of compiling trying to you know get your not be overwhelmed by the amount of stuff you have to do so that's a huge downside especially if you don't have a lot of experience uh doing this editing stuff like like Izzy and I might have a little bit more experience cuz we've been trying to learn more of that stuff but for someone coming into new or coming into this new, it, it's a bit of a learning curve and it can be daunting. And that's a shame because it really shouldn't be. It should be focused on more of the gameplay and making those emotional connections than it is about the amount of stuff you're doing in the background. Um, the second problem is technical difficulties. So uh, like Izzy, we have a lot of audio problems. It's nice that we're mitigated by like not doing things live so we don't have to scramble in the background trying to get things to work. But there's been a few times where like Audacity crashed while we were recording and we went through the entire like three hour session. And then all of a sudden I get a message from John afterwards and he says, uh, bad news, Josh, uh, my audio didn't save. I have no audio. And so then I'm scrambling, trying to think of how are we going to make up that audio? Because we can't go back and repeat that session. You can't do that. It's not going to be the same and everyone's going to know what's going to happen. So it, it doesn't work well. 
And so what we've done in the past is I've compiled them like the tracks that were working together and I send it off to whoever's track we're missing and they have to re-record their part by themselves pretending to do those things again. And it is, it's awful and it doesn't work well. So if you don't have uh, safety measures in place to have like a, additional recording elements, making sure we have backups, you're, you're screwed. And that's more time that's now going into trying to edit these episodes and um, actually produce something. And the last con that I would talk about, man, I'm starting to realize I'm, I'm having more cons than pros and that's not good because <laughs> the pros are wonderful, but there's cons that you should be aware of um, is engagement. I think that podcasting in general, but perhaps the D&D genre specifically in podcasting is a flooded market. There are so many people that are all making different D&D related content, not only in podcasts, but in every kind of format. I'm sure that anyone who's making D&D content in any medium is kind of experienced this, experiencing this, but there is just a lot of stuff out there. So it's sometimes difficult to grow a fan base because you're just another fish in the pond if you're not doing anything unique. And that can be very difficult. What's more, we don't have an active engagement with our audience. So the most we might get engaged with uh, is like if we post something on Instagram saying we're having an episode coming out or we're doing a raffle or something. And so we get things after the fact of people kind of commenting and liking things, but we don't get like a lot of people talking to us. I think like the most we get is like when our spouses are like, hey, I really like when you guys did this scene. And like, that's great. That's fantastic. But it's. It's sometimes it, we miss out on having like a stranger saying, hey, this part really resonated with me. I really liked what you did there. Or, you know, you guys should try working on this. That might be a great thing to add, add to your, your content. And we don't get that, which is really a shame because everything is produced and then sent out and then disappears that's into the our, ether. Uh, that's one of our sayings. And it translates to exactly what you're talking about. We always have, say... Uh, players give your GMs feedback so that they have something to go by. And it's the same thing. Followers give feedback to what you're listening to because they want to hear it. I mean, we say it all the time at the end of our episodes, like, Hey, if you have a question, if you have a comment, if you want to tell us something, if you hate something, just get on there. Tell us, we want to know. Just give me something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah. I think, you know, with Twitch, you definitely have that instant like feedback. Yes, I will say that is one of the pros that I didn't that I didn't bring up is we have had so I do a DM prep talk also on Thursdays typically and um I get a lot of really great ideas from people who are in the chat. We have like inside jokes with people who show up. We've got like people who uh they like to have like pun offs in our chat and just make puns <laughs> off of everything that's going on. We've gotten um that is like, so beautiful and so terrifying. <laughs> I know. It, I mean, I'm not, I hate puns, but I, I can appreciate them. Um, and we have just a lot of engagement, a lot of, we create art off of things that people have made, like our orcasm. Um, yeah, one of, that one. <laughs> and that was inspired by people in the chat. So, uh, and then we allow sometimes people to make NPCs that I build into the ongoing main campaign so there have been whole side quests that have gone on based off of characters that have been created by our viewers in the twitch chat so um that is a really like it falls into the engagement piece but it also like 
has helped me to make homebrew items or just make my story better. And that I really appreciate as a, you know, I'm still a new DM. I've only been doing it for a year and a half. So, um, you know, it, it's appreciated that we have those people in the chat. Yeah. And I was going to say another one um, that, you know, I know of um, just from um, feeling to it just is the raids where um, you have that community of people just trying to feed onto each other to keep each other promoted and stuff. And that's super cool. So, yeah, that's great. I love raids. <laughs> <laughs> I I try and do like we started doing at the end of our podcast where we'll just throw out like, hey, here's some stuff we listen to. Go listen to it um, as much as we can. But it's still not the same as being able to have that community interaction right off right up, up front like that. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a Michael, huge delay in the timeline. It's uh, you, you produce something and then like. This not only do you not have like a herd mentality of a bunch of people listening to it at the same time, but people doing it on their own time, which is great for them personally, because you have access to this content whenever you would like, but you're not part of like a collective. And sometimes there's like, it doesn't feel like you're part of a community. You're just kind of listening to this on your own. And I feel like that is a, a shortcoming of the podcast medium. I will say though. I have watched could have been heroes build a really crazy, amazing following in their yes. discord yes. Um, where they're doing some very twitchy style things in a discord server from their podcast. And I think, mm -hmm. so I think it is possible. It just, you know, I know they put a lot of work into that and they are constantly like, they're like, Hey, 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 we're here. We're here. Which is what you have to do. <laughs> yep. It's a full-time job marketing. Is a full time job. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Brendan yeah, is our is... Uh, Brendan is our social media manager for us, so he does all like the posting on Instagram and whatnot, and like, contacting people on Instagram and in the D and D and other fantasy kind of communities. And boy, the amount of work he puts into it! Like, I just kind of follow through and I check in on things every so often. And like, goodness, man, I'm so I'm very thankful. I personally don't have to do it because that would be. I think too much on my plate for me to do alone. Uh, but Brennan single-handedly is taking it. And that's been a real nice thing for me personally. Yeah, that's nice. I know between uh, uh, the three of us on our group, we are all really terrible at it. So it's been hard for us to grow at all. Um, <laughs> like I'm more, I love the networking stuff where I can talk to people and try and get collabs set up and all that stuff. Um, because I like talking to people one-on-one, -on -one, but in a group and trying to address people and trying to be positive about my own stuff. Um, that's uh, a little hard for me. I, I, I think it helps that when you're talking to someone one-on-one, -on -one, you know that there's a shared interest there. You mm. uh, presumably, if you're reaching out to another content creator in your kind of area, they share similar interests to you. Whereas if you're trying to like grow a following, it's kind of like you're standing on the outside of a mob just yelling in, hey, check out my podcast. <laughs> and yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. And you have uh, to okay, have flashy so, visuals too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> art art, and, and visuals are such huge selling points. Yes. Um, okay, Michael, um, I we're a little bit different. So we don't. They're both actual plays, which is great because we have their side of it. Um, but as far as our stuff goes, um, I, I know you can speak a lot to like the editing and stuff like that. What, what would you call out for the pros and cons of well, for our material through podcasting? Well, as 
as as they were both talking about things, I I started thinking. Well, they've covered just about all of the cons that can come along with editing and and getting our notes together. And one of the cons I think that happens is sometimes we are building off of a script, so we we do spontaneously talk about a topic, but. You know, we're trying to create that that through line. So I feel like sometimes it holds us back because Jason and I are a little more spontaneous when it comes to creative endeavors. And so I think for me, that's like a con that I wish we could get away from. And I think we're going to try that in the future. Uh, just a um, clarification, Michael, do you mean like focusing on a script instead of being as improv? Uh, imp- instead of yep. improvising quite as much? Is that well, what you're talking about? No, actually what I'm talking about is we sit down at the beginning of the season and we try to come up with topics that fit in a through line. And we experienced this, uh, I, I think even last week, we got to a topic that was on our list and Jason realized we've, we've beat this dead horse. We need to change the topic so that we can come up with something new and it changed a little bit of the end of our, our second season because we were going to shift um, to some different topics. And so I think sometimes we get that schedule in our mind and we were married to it to the point that we really can't break away from it. Now, once we get into a show, Jason will have, you know, the notes like we have. And sometimes we'll, we'll stay on those notes and sometimes we'll just drift off. That's a that's the pro that I was going to throw in opposition to this idea. Is once we start talking and the mics are on, Jason and I don't really pay attention to the notes. Uh, Jared does what Jared does, and we we try to provide at least some insight and advice into our experience with the games that we like to play and the style that we like to play. Um, because we don't play a lot of D&D, we uh, have played a lot of what some people call hippie games, where they're more narrative, and they don't have uh, the structure that D&D can have. I mean, there's freedom to do whatever you want with a game, but you know, we've kind of gone into some independent press games. Those are the pros and cons that I had. I... I really agree with what you two were talking about is I think there is some transference from Twitch to actual plays to what we do of editing and, and learning all of this new technology that uh, is in front of us. But I think we've each probably learned to become experts in our own ways on certain points in that. Lizzie, I, I, I imagine you've become an expert at uh, the different kinds of editing that go into a Twitch channel because I just have to edit an audio track. You're dealing with uh, audio tracks and visual tracks. I can't imagine jumping into that, but you you've obviously learned learned how to do it, and and you're also able to enjoy a hobby. I mean, because some people will get into that editing part and they go, "Well, I've lost all my energy. I have no uh, desire to do this ever again." So, oh, sir, go ahead, Izzy. I was just going to say, you got to keep it simple, really. That from, from my perspective, I mean, I haven't learned anything too crazy when it comes to editing after the fact, if you want to keep your VODs. Um, I have 
I, I might watch it. We came up with like kind of a structure so that I know exactly when to like cut out the the parts that aren't necessary to watch when, because we do live giveaways every game and stuff like that. People don't necessarily care about all of the, the announcements that we do in the beginning. Um, and I've learned to condense things and, and whatnot, but I keep it super simple because I don't want to do the editing after, I think it might take me now maybe 10 minutes to edit and, and episodes because I am just cutting out the parts that aren't necessary. And because it is a visual medium, you can watch all of our expressions, even when there's like a lull, there's stuff going on on the screen. So that's why on our Patreon, I have that boost to um, eventually one day if we ever get enough enough patrons to to convert over to a podcast because I know that that takes more time and that all of those you know uh, silences have to be cut out because you can't see anything and you know stuff stuff like that we're not critical role where there's a bunch of actors acting for the entire time so um, you got to do a lot of editing for a podcast and I don't have time for that so you know, we would get to a point where that would be outsourced to somebody who knows what they're doing. Because I also have a full-time job. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those, those guys are actors? <laughs> it's funny yeah, that you I... mentioned that, Izzy, uh, because behind the scenes on Leighton Legend, and part of the reason why I brought this topic to Jason was because uh, Brendan was hoping to kind of push us more in the direction of doing live streams, doing Twitch streams, and uh, doing... I guess, less intense YouTube things. So in the past for season one, we made actually animated videos, animated in italics, um, and people could follow along with that. But we haven't been getting much of a following, and Brandon, frankly, was getting burnt out doing those little animations. And so mm. he was trying to look for another route to try and still have some kind of visual presence on YouTube and on Twitch as well. Because occasionally we do stuff on Twitch, but mostly it's like, this is our finale. We're all going to listen to it together, and that'll be great. So behind the scenes, I was asking myself, like, what are the pros and cons to this, to these different mediums? And why should we switch to this or and, or why should we stay with what we're doing? And I guess we're kind of circling now back to the beginning of this, but that's why I came to Jason with that. And I think it's funny that you guys are now kind of looking at the other way. You're, you're in Twitch and like, if you get enough presence there, you're going to push things over to uh, an audio only medium. And we're doing the exact opposite. <laughs> well, I think what it comes down to, Josh, and I was just talking to my wife about this today is exactly that when I saw, you know, um, Nat 30's Patreon. Um, and then, you know, we have a, a podcast that's very similar to ours. And they're out here in Arizona too. They're called Full, Full Metal RPG. And they have a Patreon where it's like if they get so much, they'll do actual plays. So I think the real thing is that you have to try and promote to a bunch of different mediums. And that's how you get yourself picked up all over. And hopefully, you know, the hope out of that is that one day you might have enough following that you don't have that full-time job anymore. Or maybe you could just have a part-time job and pull in enough income, um, you know, to be able to do what you love and, you know, make a good source of income off of that. So I think, you know, that's really what it comes down to is um, being able to do multi uh, or multiple different mediums. And I think that's why we see something like that. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think it, it, as Izzy kind of identified, it's it, it, we can move to other mediums, but we have to have enough kind of resources to do that mm -hmm. because 
each medium has its own needs and uh, like the amount of resources it takes to do each one and you can't do it all yourself but if you have enough of following and you have like enough support ideally you can be able to afford to get more resources to kind of pursue those other mediums and ideally grow your fan base even larger assuming that is your yeah. goal yeah my goal yeah. is to have um enough of a fan base that supports the habit like <laughs> we're right <laughs> that's what we're trying to do is like hey can we get our minis like you know uh, paid for because that would be great like i don't think anybody on our on our in our group is trying to use it as like a full-time or even part-time job i would say it's more like hey if we could get like um you know our, our minis painted commissioned by somebody and have like twitch pay for that that would be really awesome and like that's kind of our goal is to like not have to spend the money ourselves to have fantastic ttrpg content fantastic realistically for us yeah okay so uh the next thing that i had that i wanted to talk to you guys about was your audience and sort of um i guess you know i had a uh, some questions in there but really i just want to know like is there a specific type of audience that you're aiming for or uh, what do you see as your target audience or the people that listen to your show? I guess I'll start with Izzy again because uh, Josh will get into this in a minute. Um, I, I guess our target audience is really anybody who just wants to watch people from Massachusetts play D&D on Twitch. It's uh we really enjoy chatting with the people while we're playing and my real goal would be to get locals from our area to kind of watch us more and then like go hang out at cons. So for me personally, I've been playing games my whole life. My dad was really just he was a war gamer, he was a, 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 a sorry, a historian um he was a journalist and also uh, a veteran and he just really loved games like i'm i mean he had a problem he loved games <laughs> so much like after he died we were still getting kickstarter games in the mail for months he had thousands of games if you had a new indie game he got it he left me tons of stuff that i had no space for and I have like every Munchkin um, expansion possible. Like I grew up playing games. I, I've played many board games, and um, but it was always really hard for me to find other people to play with that were my age. Um, and then of course I'm in Massachusetts, which is a super liberal place, but it's not super diverse, as people are are uh, shocked to hear. Um, it is it is much less diverse than the national average. And so me being a mixed race, brown skinned female growing up in this town where I believe um, the town I grew up in is 97 percent white. And I didn't fit in, especially not in the 80s and 90s and definitely not as a nerd. So, you know, like all of those things all together made it really difficult for me to find people to play games with. Um and so, like, now, in my 30s, when everybody is playing D&D, it is, like, the most amazing thing. I mean, I've played all kinds, you know, Vampire um, and GURPS and, and 
bunches of stuff, but to have everybody get suddenly excited about D&D in the past five years has been fantastic because I finally have people to play with. So just to be able to share that on Twitch and like chat with people all across the country, we've really kind of, our community is small, um, but mostly because we're very, very busy, busy folks. Some of us working 12 to 13 hours a day, not me. Um, and not able to engage on Discord and stuff like that. But you get to just chat with people and um, and they get that instant kind of like, hey, these people know me. They look forward to seeing me. They know my screen name and shout it out on, you know, live on Twitch and stuff like that. And so at least that's how I view it personally. And I, I think that some of the players as well on, in the Nat 30s have really been kind of shocked that like people watch us and we're we're nobody is really <laughs> like what it comes down to. We're just people in Massachusetts, but we have new friends now that just enjoy TTRPGs, um, not just D&D, but, but others. And I've really loved it because I didn't have that. I didn't have that growing up. It wasn't, it wasn't easy. I think it's safe to say that you're not nobody to your audience. I right. think that you have a lot of like a very big, passionate fan base. I mean, not like you don't have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people listening, but you do have a lot of people that engage with you. And I think that that, that speaks to the the perks of Twitch is that you've be able to create this community that you've been looking for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we play games with them, too. Um, we, we have a new thing, Midnight Mondays. My friend down in North Carolina, who I actually I met this group of people back when we were teenagers playing um so aging myself here playing white wolf so vampire werewolf changeling mage all of that in aol text chat rooms and when oh, we wow, were yeah. 16 <laughs> we started chatting and so i have a whole group of friends down in north carolina i went down to meet them like we were all the same age so 18 19 20 and we've grown up together essentially and one of my friends um started helping to develop a horror themed ttrpg that is now on our Twitch on Mondays, Midnight Mondays. It's called The Midnight World. Totally different from D&D, &D, but we're just bringing people in from our community and we play, you know, play live on Twitch and you can bring people in and experience something new and different. So, so yeah, it's a small group of like dedicated people who I'm so happy to have met because they, they're just really supportive and it makes it all that much more fun. Wow, that's awesome. I, I think that's I think that's really awesome. That was I, I, I was impressed by everything that you were saying right there, because that shows me that what you're doing is you're engaging with your audience and not just providing them with just entertainment, but you're also kind of reaching out to them and them turn in turn reaching out to you. Yeah. Well, well, prepare to be unimpressed, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I, I think I've said this before. I'm always impressed with what you do. You you impressed um, me by coming on this show. So that that right there, boom. <laughs> oh my! Oh my heart! <laughs> Thought a little bit there. Um, Josh, I will say, like, you definitely have had at least some interactions that you hear in the show because you guys get to add the items that have been sent to you and you have uh, uh, my favorite, my absolute favorite was 
when you got the, uh, I think it was a birthday wish from one of your listeners to another person, and it was done letter Kenny style. <laughs> and you, oh, dude, I can't even imagine how many times you had to read that in order to do it correctly because that was intense. But oh man, did I love it! Ugh. Well, uh, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, so that's a little bit off topic, but uh, I think this is actually probably going back to our earlier uh, topic a little bit more, um, is that a, a fundamental problem of podcasting is a kind of a, um, a, a lack of contact with your audience, a, a lack of live feedback and engagement with them. And so in the podcast, in, in developing the podcast, I wanted to try and circumvent some of that stuff. And so I would have things where like if you shared the podcast on Twitch or, or not on Twitch, on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, um, I would put you into a raffle to have an NPC named after you. Your name. Yeah. yeah. So I would use your name as the character. Um, I would also have people submit like items to us. So and I'm sure that you, know, you do a lot of this yourself, Izzy, like you're having those collective moments with your community to kind of build items and, or monsters and throw them in the game. And yeah, so I'll people like come up with a funny idea and they'd send it to me and be like, this sounds great. I'm going to use this as, as something. Um, and another one is that like if somebody was a Patreon uh, or a patron rather on Patreon for us, um, there was a tier that we had where if you, I think, gave like $15 or something to us this month, I would send in a personal message for you in the middle of our podcast and you could send it out to whoever you want and I'd say anything you wanted. And I've done a few of them in the past, but... A few months ago, uh, it was actually my father-in-law's birthday. So inside scoop, it was my father-in-law who that was written for. And he's a huge fan of Letter Kenny, Kenny, which is a Canadian television show. One of my favorites. Yeah, I I really enjoy it. Um, And so they have this moment in some of their episodes, usually at the beginning and ends of a season, where they go through the alphabet and they tell a story using the first letter of the words uh, 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 according to that alphabet. And it's, it's absolutely crazy because they're doing it incredibly fast too. And so we wrote one up and we sent it off to my father-in-law and that was the, uh, the middle one. Cause he's also our, our biggest, <laughs> our biggest supporter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's, uh, Family he's very, is important. incredibly important. And I think that's a good way to kind of segue into my audience um, is, uh, one, my, our biggest supporters right now are our friends and family. So I come from a small community called Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. And it's a very small town, I guess, relatively speaking, at least in comparison to a lot of United or, uh, cities in the United States. It has like 70,000 people. And so while I was there, I formed a very close-knit community with people, usually musicians, but anyone who was kind of in the creative uh, world. And I moved away, and as people do, when they get older, everybody else starts moving away. So starting D&D and creating a podcast was a way for me to reconnect with those people. And so when we first got started, and I'm sure with uh, as many people uh, here would probably experience, the people who first start listening to your content are usually those closest to you. People you can talk to physically, but also people who are you know genuinely interested in you and the stuff you do. So that's how we started building our fan base from there. Um, I like to think of our audience as me. I am our audience um, because I think and maybe this is a little bit selfish, but the one that I'm really out to impress is myself and the people I play with because I want to tell a good story and I want to tell a compelling story, one that moves me emotionally. And that's always been my goal with this. It's never been to create a huge fan base. If that happened, that'd be fantastic because it wouldn't just mean that, you know, in a selfish way that 
you know, I'm excited that people are paying attention to our stuff, but rather people identify with the stories we're telling and they feel emotionally compelled by them. And that is important to me. To that extent, I think that in, you know, physical terms, the audience that we are really looking at is anyone who's in the gaming, anybody who is into storytelling and narrative, and anyone that won't get bored when people talk about James Bond references for a half an hour. <laughs> I think those are kind of our big three or four characteristics we're looking for in audience members. But we do span a spectrum of people. We have, I, I really want to make our content accessible to everyone. I don't care uh, like what gender, what race, or what age they are. I want to create something that kind of, you know, unites us all. You know, something that really kind of appeals to the human experience. And so to that end, whenever we do anything where we're trying to promote the podcast, we always make sure that we're trying to do it with a very general attitude. Like anybody who's kind of interested in storytelling, and gameplay, and D&D, and whatnot, I want them to be able to sit in. And, you know, we're going to have a lot of misses. A lot of people just won't be interested in the medium that we're telling. A lot of people aren't going to be interested in the style of gameplay and narrative that we are portraying. But... I, if I even get one person out of a hundred or one person out of a thousand who's like, hey, I like what these guys are doing here. They, they, they say some funny things and make a couple penis jokes. You know, I think I'll listen to this again. Um, then I've won that day. That's a good day for me. Yeah, I think uh, for us, we started off with friends and family, too. I don't think we've expanded much beyond that. Uh, just it, mostly from the collabs, which is why I like doing the collabs, because, you know, we did one with... Um, a guy out in Australia and he told all of his friends and family and our downloads jumped way up that week because, you know, everybody wanted to hear this stuff. I mean, he's just a, you know, a guy who, you know, the same way we feel like, Oh, who really cares about my material? And then we invited him on the podcast and he was like, Oh my goodness, I'm going on a podcast for this. And so he was super excited, super nervous. And I'm sure he was like, Hey, everybody, you got to listen to this. I was on a podcast. So, um, that's kind of the stuff we rely on more than we rely on our like social media stuff, just because, like I said, we are terrible at it. <laughs> I really liked Izzy's story because it was like a story of her finding a community of people that were interested in the same things as her. And a lot of what we're doing kind of on the ground floor here is just kind of bumping into the occasional person that shares the same interests as us. And it's just this magical moment where it's like, oh, you like the same things? I, I didn't know I could talk to other people. OK, all right, let's do this. And that's really nice. And that's why, you know, we're friends now, uh, because we just ran into you randomly on Instagram. And it was nice to see the <laughs> stuff that you guys were doing. It was like, OK, let's work on some stuff together. Well, Josh did a really smart thing. And he, I don't know how many you sent him out, but you just sent one over to our Instagram. Like, hey, if you want to listen to this stuff. And I had been looking for stuff to listen to. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll listen to that then. And then, you know, picked up on it. And I was like, hey, why don't we just have him on the show? Yeah, that was... <laughs> That was kind of the brainchild of Brendan. Um, he was sending out messages asking people's for uh, like people in the community stuff they were interested in arts and fantasy and D and D and any other kind of gameplay, uh, like to do a review of our podcast to give us honest feedback and critiques of like what we were doing and how we can improve and let us know if they liked it, what they liked, what they didn't like. Um, and you know, we've had some hit and misses. Some people kind of see us as spam and they're just like, get out of here. We don't nah. want anything from you. But then at other times we have like these beautiful moments where, you know, we meet somebody else who's interested in the same stuff that we're doing. They're doing their own stuff. And so we can kind of work together on content to promote each other's stuff. I've met a ton of dice makers. So many people making oh, dice. Yeah. 
And yeah. they are they are just some of the I don't want to generalize dice makers, but they're just very nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry if that if that hurts some feelings, but uh, <laughs> it had to be said. It had to be it said. had to be said. <laughs> Uh, but we just have so many people uh, who are uh, dice makers, especially who are interested in our content because they like to listen to it while they're working on polishing dice. Yeah. And yeah. we've done two raffles thus far uh, when we reached 300 followers and when we reached 400 followers on Instagram where we raffled off a set of dice from one of these dice makers. And it's a great way to even collaborate with someone in the quote unquote physical world. I don't know why I had to do quote unquote physical world, but <laughs> it, it, feel, it felt appropriate. Um. Michael, did you want to talk for a minute about um, our audience? Because I mean, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a niche. It's that's the other thing that's kind of been difficult with ours. Yeah, I think. Um, well, when we when we sat down and 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 started talking about this, we knew we were going to reach out to a smaller crowd because we were kind of coming from uh, independent games and smaller games, and. We wanted to share some ideas about how we run all of our games, actually. We, we didn't really want to uh, promote just a, a few games. We wanted to promote the style that we, we've we come to enjoy when each of us is running a game or at the table and the people that we really kind of hang out with. And we were hoping to touch base, find some of that audience out there. We haven't you know, found that moment where we... Uh, meet the person that understands when we say shared narrative, they don't need, you know, an hour of me explaining what that is. They already know what it is. And when we get to that moment, I feel like the dominoes will, will fall and we'll actually start to open up and our community will grow a little bit. But I think that is the audience that I see us pursuing is those that understand that narrative is a a collaboration of those around the table. And we don't really have to um, really worry about all of the intricate and tedious rules that are in a system. We just want to tell a story. So that's kind of the thing that I try to pursue. Yeah, I think we all found that we were... I know, especially for me, I throw a lot of rules to the side um, just to keep the game moving forward because... I have problems remembering, keeping track of, um, properly using rules. Like they're, they can be my enemy a lot of the time. And so for me, it's just about keeping the game moving forward and keep having fun. And, um, and I love, and this is the same reason I love doing podcasting is I love to hear other people's perspective. So for me, I love to have my players give me information i love to you know have my players give me you know um locations and 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 npcs that i can use and just i love to collect information as usually in a zero session from my players and that's why you know we me and michael end up coining it a shared narrative um actually it was michael who came up with the term but um you know that's as soon as i heard it i was like that's it that's the word i want to represent us because that's what we're looking for is just as you know, that's the way I see our community is we're all trying to share an experience of something that happened. You know, we all come from somewhere where we were, you know, um, it was hard for us to either make friends or get friends to play with us or, 
um, just get people to understand where we were coming from when, you know, <laughs> like the thing that drives me crazy the most is when I say, hey, yeah, I play role-playing games. Oh, like video games? No, it's not video games. Please stop saying that. <laughs> Especially for me because I hate video games. Like I never was a person who played video games. And so like it's always been hard for me. I'm, I'm going to play anyway. devil's advocate here. Uh, I think that uh, video games can be really good at getting people into this type of storytelling. I think that like the people I play with and uh, the people who might be getting introduced to RPGs for the first time or at least role-playing board games for the first time are quite often introduced to it via video games. And I think that it is a great medium. And that's why we're sort of seeing this renaissance of people getting into these these mediums now because of that introduction, something that was really accessible to them and something that kind of inspired them to take it further. That's that's me playing devil's advocate there. No, I absolutely agree with you. And I I, I think that's, you know, I, that's where I've kind of drawn the conversation where I can say, oh, somebody who's like, has no idea what D D is like but they've played skyrim or they've played you know boulder skate or right. because it was a game and so then we can kind of draw that you know same talk together where i mention those kind of things but um and then you i can, mean i've played yeah. computer games but you can slowly start to seduce them into board uh -huh, games into the Excellent. world yeah. yes, into the gaming world <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah i i mean um I definitely think, um, like I said, I feel for, for us, I feel like it's a niche, um, but we're, whether I reach out to an audience or not, I love doing this. This has been amazing just being able to talk to people all over the world so far. Like, I mean, the, the people have been everywhere, so it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, so I think I'm less concerned about where the audience is than I should be, but, um, you know, People are going to listen to it and enjoy it and we'll yeah. just keep doing it. So, Yeah, it's actually interesting because the uh, we did the or I did the opposite of, of uh, the friends and family thing, um, because, as I said, I didn't really have anybody in this area um, who played. And so because we ended up starting with Twitch and it was the pandemic and everything was shut down and people had money because they were getting unemployment and and being supported in that way um i instead actually networked on twitch that was like the thing i did so i was watching twitch channels all hours of the day and engaging in chat and then getting people to come and check us out and then raid us and that's really what where our audience actually started was me going to different Twitch channels, watching and engaging with other people's audiences, and then repeatedly doing that and not asking for raids or anything like that, but because people would see me, the Nat30s name in their chat and talking to people and engaging. And I was paying attention to what people were doing. You know, anybody who had a lot of viewers, I'd pop in there and just be like, what is it about this that is drawing people to this right now? Because everyone is different. Some are, um, some have no people on the screen and it's just little little icons that are like flashing when people talk. Others, it's just people on the screen and there's no map or anything like that. Um, so, but everybody had little things that I like kind of stole um, depending on who I was watching, but they would get to see 
the Nat 30s name and then they would start to raid and then we would, you know, just try to keep people based off of who we are. We didn't change who we are. Everything that you see is is us. But um, they got to know the name. So we we kind of went the opposite of of what both of you said is it started with me being like super annoying <laughs> and going around to all these <laughs> different channels and you're like, hey, Nat 30s. We're here again. Remember me? Nat 30s? Just here. I think that's I think that's really great <laughs> advice for anybody who's interested in getting into Twitch. Is that is that the that's the the way you have to be able to try and get into the community is engage yes. with the other people who are already there. Yes, 100%. You cannot I've seen so many people who are like, "Oh, I've been on Twitch for 2 years and I only get, you know, 3 viewers and I have, you know, 45 followers." You can't just be on Twitch. There are literally 9 million channels. You need to go out and engage with people, use Twitter, use Instagram. But if you want that audience, you have to go to the audience and then talk to them and let them know that you're there because just playing Project Zomboid, there are a million people playing Project Zomboid. They are not, you're not just going to be the one that everybody falls in love with. You have to be more active about it. Going back to that mob metaphor I had. Um, so there's a group of people all mob in front of you and you could be on the sidelines yelling into them. You could be someone who's standing at a stall, just holding up a little yep. you know, piece of paper saying, this is my content. Or you could be the person that's actually walking in amongst the mob and saying, mm-hmm. ah, we should do this. You know, we should look at that. Right. And Different being, approaches and actually, to trying to grow an audience. Yeah. And being actively engaged and like actually interested, not pretending or just like showing up and. And popping into people's chats and being like, hey, we're the Nat 30s. Come see us on this day at this time. Bye. Like, you have to actually care about what other people are doing. And audience at least can, in the Twitch can media. sense that. They, I think the audience yes. anywhere can sense if you're being genuine or not or someone who's just trying to, you know, network for the sake of trying to build your own audience size. You don't really want to be part of the community. You're someone right. who's just kind of there to, you know, jack up your followers. And it's oh, easy yeah. to pick up on those people. Um, so, uh, I, I have one last topic that I want to touch on and really that's going to be mostly just for, um, Izzy and Josh, um, because you guys are both do D and D and, um, I really just want to know, like, uh, I have some perspective on it. Um, Izzy, you've touched on it a little bit and Josh, I've heard, um, you talk about it before, but really just like what made you choose D and D as the game that you were going to use for um what you were going to do so josh go ahead and start and then we'll jump over to izzy um yeah of course I, i'd love to talk about that uh i think that i chose dnd for the uh, for the mechanics behind the storytelling that i'm doing because it was something that i had experience with and I, it's it's really the only style i think of rpg gameplay at least in in like um in, on, in board games that I had. It was, I played it a bit in high school and I had a small group of friends that I was like, I associated with who kind of taught me the ropes, but I fell away from it for a number, for a number of years. And so when I came back to it, when I was looking for mechanics in order to tell stories, I went to this one and it was a natural choice for me because it's what I knew, but I am hopeful to explore other things. And as much as I love D&D and I'm going to continue to use D&D for the rest of this story that I am telling, 
When I develop new stories in the future, I want to experiment to see what else is out there. There are a number of other systems, and you guys have covered it in in great depth in your own podcast, but there are so many other great systems out there for RPGs that you could still use to tell really good stories. And I'm interested in exploring to see what the other features of those are and what might change the way that I would tell a story, which interests me as well. So right now I do D&D because it's, I have experience with it. It's accessible to me. There's so many resources out there for it and people seem to be interested in it. But I think that in the future, it's, I might explore other approaches as well. Yeah, like five aces. <laughs> like five aces? Are you plugging something? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's funny you should mention that because we are just finishing our season. And last time I met up with you guys, I was talking about doing like a mid-season break, like maybe a month-long break between the two seasons, and perhaps doing a one-shot of one of the games that you guys have actually developed for yourselves. And so I'm I'm hopeful, to, uh, you know, you might see a podcast episode uh, from Late Legends pop up pretty shortly, and maybe it'll reference, you know, some materials that you know a lot about. <laughs> yeah, I'm just and are, and are very poorly done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just teasing. You don't have to play that game. I hear it's terrible. I think it's the like uh, 138 pages of content. It was uh yeah. was it is it more than that? It's, it might be it's more than 300 that. and some, yes. Yeah, I think it's 300 and something pages of content I have to read through. So I might do like a Spark Notes version of it and just skim through it as quickly as possible. Yeah, you don't have to read the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> you're you're really selling it. I know I'm a terrible salesman. I just play these games. <laughs> I just work here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, um, go ahead. I was just going to pass it over to Izzy so she could uh, share her thoughts. Uh, yeah, similarly. Um, so the players that I currently have, uh, they had never played TTRPGs before. Um, D&D was something that numerous Parts of our, our current party had like dabbled in in terms of reading up on it or wanting to play. And because of things like D&D Beyond and um, Critical Role and stuff like that, it was the most accessible uh, TTRPG to get people started. So um, it's kind of like universally everybody loves, I'm saying this, but everybody loves like dragons and unicorns and all that other stuff. Um, and so it was just like, yeah, we can, yeah, we can get the, them all into that. And um, the rules for a, for a TTRPG, you can just kind of jump in and then D&D Beyond, again, they just have, they've made it really easy to create a character. And um, my hope is, so like, like you said, Josh, um, I'm going to continue with this for through our tyranny of dragons like this was my first time dming as i've said a million times uh i'm running the the tyranny of dragons campaign it is very complicated for a dm if i had done my research beforehand i would not have chosen this one but it's very interesting and and there's a lot to it once we get through with that um i had thought about like i really wanted to do curse of strahd but also if they're interested 
there are so many other kinds of games that I can introduce my players to now. And we're all very good friends, um, live within 15, 20 minutes of each other. We play, we're converting over to playing in person again, um, as time permits on Sundays. And so D&D was just the easiest, but there are a bunch of games that I would love to introduce them to. And maybe if they're interested, we would play something other than D&D the next time. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe we'll just jump into another D&D campaign, but um, there are enough resources out there that have made this very accessible for people to play. Yeah, and I I feel like it's like if I bought uh, an Android phone and I decided I wanted to get a case, um, it would take me forever to find the proper case if I didn't go to Amazon, like if I was searching in a store. Whereas if I bought an iPhone, D&D, uh, I could go anywhere and they would have any of the accessories I wanted and any of that stuff. So I totally get that. As um, an Android user, yeah. I'm protesting this metaphor. I'm also an Android I also user, use but Android. I accept it. I hate iPhones. So. <laughs> yeah, I am actually, I have to say that I am actually jealous of, of the support that Wizards and Hasbro has given 5e because of past editions. That kind of support wasn't there, and the new technology has kind of pushed that forward. And now it's kind of in the mainstream, and People want to engage with it. They really latch on to the the style of game it is. So uh, kudos to that game. I, I still enjoy a little D&D every once in a while. So I, I I have nothing against that. I think what, what you guys are talking about is, is spot on. Uh, it's it's really engaging. It's supported. and And people can use it as a jump off point to whatever they want to play after that. <laughs> that uh that answered my question for sure um i mean i suspected um pretty much like what it would be but i just wanted to you know make sure that i got your guys' uh take on that so michael was there anything else you wanted to ask them or oh there's there's a lot of things i would like to pick their brains on but i really would prefer just letting them talk about what they're doing the kind of uh work they're doing out there and then forgive me for not engaging before this point but i do plan on engaging a little bit more with what you guys are doing from this point on no no worries i'll learn how to do twitch one day (laughs) (laughs) i think i'm not gonna have a choice with it much longer it seems like the my co-hosts are turning against me and i might have to move into twitch yeah it's my plan to start getting my wife's getting into twitch a bunch so um she wants me to come on there with her and then um you know i plan on learning enough to be able to do stuff uh, with our actual plays down the road anyway all right um josh go ahead and start and give us all of the information that you want to give about your show and then izzy will let you uh talk all the information i want to give you okay (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, So I I play in a podcast, or I I've written a story and I record a podcast called Layton Legends. Uh, We upload new episodes every Wednesday, and occasionally we do uh, the occasional live show where we sit down and play a game together, or we uh, we listen or we listen to one of our you know episodes that we put out. 
And we do that all together in a community. And if you are interested in people making very bad jokes and puns and solving problems with un unconventional measures and lighting things on fire that shouldn't be on fire and starting bar fights and burning those buildings down, you know, just like any other D&D &D campaign that you've listened to, please stop by. We would love to have you. You can find us on Spotify, on Google, on Google Podcasts, on iTunes, and just about anywhere else that you would listen to your podcasts. The Nat 30s, we are on Twitch primarily. Uh, Mondays are now Midnight Mondays, which is um, our, uh, our friend created uh, the Midnight World horror-themed TTRPG. It is not a D20 system. It is not related to D&D &D in any way. Um, so you can check that out if you would like to play in a, a Midnight World game. You can come join our Discord. Um, we also play D&D a couple of days a week on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I am actually a player in that game, and my husband is the DM. Um, and it is his first uh, jumping into DMing with our little group. Uh, Thursdays, I do some DM prep or whatever strikes my fancy that day. And um, and then Sundays, we do our main campaign where I am the DM. And uh, it's the, the bums of greenest do Tyranny of Dragons. Uh, if you enjoy butt jokes and everything about butts, apparently, and I tried to make them not be the bums of greenest, it didn't work out, uh, then you'll enjoy our, our uh, live play games. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, on Twitter. We do a lot of giveaways, um, lots of free stuff, I'm just saying. We have a lot of hookups in the free stuff arena. And uh, we also have a Patreon that uh, you can get some some background information on the main campaign that we are running. It's one of those where I asked for the, the players to give me epic backstories, and they did, and I incorporated it into the world. So there's a lot going on, um, homebrew items and NPCs and all of that. So you can come and join our little community and chat with us. And if we can get to a point where we can get a podcast going, we would love to expand our reach. So that's what the Patreon is for. I would also uh, say that Nat30s also does a ton of charities, so... Kudos oh yeah, to that, and also <laughs> go uh, go watch and, and donate to the charities. Thank you. Yes, I forgot about that. There's so much to keep track of. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening, and thank you to our guests Izzy and Josh for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great night. Uh, this has been Jason. This has been Josh. This has been Izzy. This has been Mike. Bye bye. This has been a production of 7th Level Bardcast, copyright 2021. Listeners are free to use this episode in any non-commercial endeavor, so long as credit is provided to 7th Level Bardcast. You can find links to previous shows, resources, and our social media at 7thLevelBardcast.com. Also, connect with us through our Discord link on the website. We invite our audience to offer feedback, suggest a topic, or for a quick conversation. To support the show, like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcatcher. Music provided by Adarin.